Oh, man. You know, I was uh, doing something earlier that um, I do quite often when I get on my, my, uh, my little health kicks or whatever. I, I just do it in general, but um, yeah. I was eating raspberries, and raspberries are so fucking good. Yes, they are. And I was eating them, and I was talking to Justin on the Discord, and I was just like, you know, we were going back and forth because he's an idiot and thinks that Final Fantasy 16 isn't going to do well in terms of sales. Um, anyway. Yeah, okay. And I was like, you know what? Guess what? What is what is something that's great, Justin? And he was like, I don't know. It's like raspberries. And he was like, his exact words were, we are like oil and water, huh? He doesn't like raspberries? I guess not. That's crazy. I, I would go as far as to say, ooh, I don't know. I'm torn, but I would say it's my top one or two berry. Yeah, same for me. Yeah. It's really hard for me to nail down which one's number one. I love, love, love both blueberries and blackberries. Mm, I, I'm not a big um, blackberry fan, but I do love me some blueberries. If the blackberry is sweet and not tart that shit is orgasmic yes i love it i agree and at that point i would say it would be my favorite but raspberries are kind of always there and they have one of my favorite textures oh really i it is i'm not even a texture person but when a when a little dry raspberry rolls across my tongue i'm like i don't know it just it's a little fuzzy and I don't, I don't know. I it's just see probably the thing I hate the well the thing that I l- like the least about raspberries is their texture. I understand that. I completely get that. I don't like. I said I'm not a texture person. I don't have something that bothers me in terms of eating it. I just haven't. I either don't have that or I just haven't found one yet, but I, I've tried a lot of different foods, so I would imagine by now I would have something I don't like. But this one, it's not that I don't like it. It's that I actually enjoy it, and I do not know why. And I'm sure if Justin truly does hate raspberries, he just listened to that and is fucking throwing up right now. Yeah, He's like, this man rolls fuzzy berries. I about said fuzzy balls. I am not going to lie. Fuzzy balls. Yep, around in his... uh. Uh, mouth sphincter. Oh, well, yeah, mouth sphincter. I like that one. That one's a good one. That's a, that's a yeah. <sighs> yep. Boy, we're yep. we're on some yep some weird shit. Hey, if it, if it wasn't obvious by now, what what's that? It's Silence. An, is it just is it just a duo episode? It's it's a something episode. That's for sure. It's a hodgepodge. Yeah. Well, it's not really a hodgepodge. It's just, you know, it's just us, though. Yeah. Which is, uh, good. It's the Burly Boys. Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Pop. We have 
quite a show for you today. Uh, as as you can tell, probably by the date, uh, we have uh, you know some some things to talk about. You know, r- regarding uh, holidays and um, like things, s- stuff, things. You know, I don't know. I don't know about things. Do you know about things? I'm just hoping you move past. Okay. This. Well, you know, we also <laughs> have you know uh, stuff we've been doing and and video <clears throat> games we've been playing, and those are fun to talk about. So we're probably going to do that, but maybe not. I don't know. Our brains yep. don't work properly anymore. So Mine's great right now. Y- is it? Is it? I'm rolling. I, I don't know what that means. Based on what you were telling me earlier, I don't think it's... I think your brain's almost as broken as mine. <sighs> what did I tell you earlier? The raspberry thing? The fuzziness? Uh, We'll go with that. Sure. Yeah. Oh. What? <laughs> Wait. Okay. Anyway, uh, I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined, as almost always, by one of my two co-hosts, Dylan, Skydive Pestilence, I don't even know what that means, Martin. Yep. Mm. I'm doing great. Yeah? Yeah? Uh, yep. t- tell me tell me about how, how you're how great you're doing. I don't know. I'm just in a manic episode right now. Like, I'm vibing, feeling great. Not down. I feel like I can motivate anyone right now. I mean, good for you. I'm not yeah. there. It will definitely crash tomorrow, but as of right now, I am on another level. Is that because of all the edibles? No. Oh, God, I wish, dude. No. Truly. I do wish, but no. Ah, uh, well. This is a drug-free podcast. It is a podcast. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, so I don't know. I I, I I was thinking like I don't know what to write because normally I have to balance out a nickname for myself and Austin. Like we got to kind of match them up a little bit. But I'm just by myself today, and I was like, who better to imitate if I'm doing this solo than Skyrise Excellence himself? Ah, Justin Lewis. yeah, Mr. Skydive but Excellence. Yeah, so I was like, I gotta, I gotta be the grungy version of that. So here I am. Well, hey, you're here. You're here. possibly queer. Uh, let's get used to it, or something. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely queer, or definitely getting yep. used to it. I'm used to being queer. Oh, okay, good, good for yep. you. <laughs> this is so good. This is like the worst episode we've ever had. I am vibing with it though i'm just i think it's great imagine if austin was here the debauchery. oh boy dude if austin was here yep. this would be like top two worst episodes we've ever done yep this and toaster bath truly in terms of you know <laughs> i i <laughs> i don't even know because i feel like those two episodes if it was this one and that one are on two completely different 100 oh, percent <laughs> This one is manic episode, uh, you know, frivolities. And then the other one was suicide awareness. <laughs> 100%. Uh, oh, Lord. How are you? I never ask you how you're doing. Uh, that's because how I'm doing is not 
entirely important. It is. Hit me with the hit me with the one liner. How you doing? Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing. I'm I could be better. I could be worse. But I'm I'm vibing or whatever. What is it that the kids say? Okay. I just said it, so you can say it. Oh yeah. That's how it works. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Things could definitely be better for sure, mental health wise. But oh, so you need me to tone it down just a little? No. What? <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you go and do such a thing? That's a good point. I'll just keep it straight. I'll keep it one hundred right now. I'll be your motivation. I'll be your positivity. All right. You can do it. Oh, thanks, bud. <laughs> You're welcome. Th- thanks, Imagine son. you with the path, Pathfinder thumbs up. That's what I just did, literally. Hell yeah. It's like, you can do it. And I gave you the Pathfinder thing. What have you been doing this week? <laughs> uh, well, I was going to ask you something real quick before we yeah, move sure, on. Man. Are you... Let's have some content. Are you aware of the, the GIF... I think it's kind of a meme at this point, but the the gif of the the man who's riding a coat or riding a horse, and he's got the big brown coat on, and he is, and he does the nod. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. I feel like that's what just happened. <laughs> he just kind of looked at me and nodded. That was it. I was like, you can do it, son. Yeah, but not son like you're my son. It's just like you know how. Like grandpa would call you son. That was it. I gave you a nod. I was like, you can do it, son. I can do it. Yep. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well, anyway, uh, about all of that. Um, <laughs> fucking, yeah. What have I been doing? Um, so uh, I, talk, I talked a little bit about it last week. I, and I think I had said that I was through with the, the first three volumes of My Dress Up Darling. Um, well, I'm now through the first six and it just keeps getting better. Um, it really is some of the most like wholesome shit that I've ever read. Like just straight up, um, not even trying to be like a a goofball about it. Like I think Austin can get sometimes on occasion, you know? Um, but, uh, like, so in one of the newest chapters that I read, um, there was a character who met up with uh, Gojo or Wakana, however you want to say his name, um, and uh, Marin, and they kind of like hung out and were like, you know, talking about like you know trade secrets or whatever you want to call them, you know, good ways to do cosplays and blah 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 blah, and. Um, one of the uh, one of the um, characters, or that character specifically, um, was a uh, he. They used the term cross cross player, where it was a, a male who was playing uh, cosplaying as a female character. And oh yeah 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 yeah. And so they were uh, doing that and. Um, both Wakana and Marin were both like super cool with it. And like, I thought that was awesome to like to begin with, but then, um, then there was a scene later in that same chapter where some other people, uh, came up and were like, Oh my God, this cosplay is so cute, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, he like let them know 
hey, just so you're aware, I'm cross-playing right now. And they were like, oh, that's totally fine. That's super cool. Like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Like, that's just such a, like, wholesome interaction. Something that I was not expecting, you know, in the least. Um, Especially given Japanese culture as it is. Um, You know, with certain things. But anyway. uh, But yeah, I, I just thought that was super cute. And it kind of, like, gave... Uh, Wakana, like a, or Gojo, um, sort of a perspective, uh, because he's always been very, um, I don't want to say uptight, but he's, he's been very, um, ashamed, I guess, of what he does. Uh, with the the painting of the the Hina girls or the making of the Hina dolls or whatever, um, yeah. and it was just like a, a nice little parallel for his own story. And then I got to the end of volume six, and uh, volume seven I think just dropped uh, at the end of last month, um, so I need to go and grab it. But at the end of the uh, volume six. Um, Marin and Gojo are hanging out with a bunch of other cosplayers and blah, blah, blah. And then one of them just kind of blurts out, hey, are you guys dating? And and uh, neither of them answer the question uh, immediately. And it just kind of leaves on a cliffhanger. And I was like, oh, what? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, with this... Um I don't remember what I was watching, but it had, I guess, an ad, and it was for something to do with anime. I don't know if it was a service. I don't know if it was, like, the same uh, studio advertising something. I don't know. But um, in this, I saw the animation style Mm -hmm. and the colors for my dress up darling. And this was before you had started talking about it. Um, whenever you did like la- the last week, couple weeks ago, whenever, um, it was before all of that. So I was immediately like, I, I like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked everything that I saw. Um, and we were actually talking this week about me. I guess, you know, I think it started with Chainsaw Man, how I was like, I can't make it past a certain point because of, you know, X, Y, Z reasons. But then we started talking about, you know, the ones that I have enjoyed, too. But it's like, I I continue to try, and I will always do that. I will continue to try and hope that I find something. Like, Edge Runner's fantastic. Um, I think it helps that I have, I guess, that connection to the cyberpunk world, probably. Mm -hmm. But the animation style, the story, it was fantastic. Wonderful. Um, and when I looked at this, what I immediately got caught by was the art style and the animation. So I guess my ask to you, first question, is do you think I should give it a shot by watching it? Do you think I would find myself enjoying it? Um, given how you felt about Chainsaw Man uh, with, with regards to Booba <laughs> in, in yeah. particular... Um, I think it would be a hard sell. And the only reason that I say that is because not necessarily because like either of them are 
necessarily uh, like always horny, but the show, according to Austin, and based on what I know from the manga, um, it as a whole is very horny. There are lots of moments of fan service. Um, Damn. Yeah. The story is really cute. And, and I like everything that's going on with regards to like the story and the characters. Uh, but the fan service sometimes even for me is a little much because it'll be damn. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, it's nothing like crazy explicit, right? But it is yeah. it is something that just is uh, like I'll I'll see a, a certain thing happening and um, I I get what's happening and I know that also that it's it's specifically for the fan service but it's also a sort of like come on like like yeah. just for instance there's there's um I think it's in chapter or I think it's in volume five where there's a sequence where um, Marin is like bending over or something and she's asking Gojo a question and she's doing it to try to kind of like tease him or whatever. And it's, it's, it's a sort of like, like I see what you're doing. I get the, the motivation that you're uh, like going for with, with regards to both the character and like ways of adding it into the story. But also yeah. it's like, is Marin really this kind of like, h- how do I want to put it? Is she really th- like this kind of girl? Because you haven't portrayed her this way up until as yeah. such. Right. So how far, uh, I guess how f- how far is the anime in comparison to the manga? I guess like uh, uh, I haven't personally watched the manga, but or I mean, uh, yeah, watched the right. anime, but uh, I've heard that it is hornier, <laughs> if that's to be believed. So even more fan service, yeah. but. I, I can't speak to that personally. Um, the the manga is not finished, right? It is not. So, how many seasons of the anime is there? Uh, just the one. Just the one. Just the one. Yeah. Okay. I may give it a shot. I feel like I'm going to not. <sighs> find myself i guess delving into it if it's as you say it is because that's kind of been my biggest turning point of a lot of anime yeah um like we talked about the ones i like and full metal alchemist came up right yeah uh, and death note uh those are ones and i know they're very you know mainstream and stuff like that i get it but um i don't know i enjoyed the story in those more than anything i enjoyed the characters and the world that they were in um even as bad as the English dub of Death Note was. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I love hearing Austin rage about that. That's one of my favorite things. It's that and Pokemon X and Y. It's truly, some of my favorite talking points of his. Um, but, no, I mean, I, 
I, I think I want to give it a shot at some point. Where do you watch it? Or not? Well, shit, you don't watch it. Uh, anymore, it's on so. Crunchyroll. Oh, okay. I don't know if I... Maybe I do have record. I think I do, actually, weirdly enough. Um, all right. Well, I, this week, have not even caught up on uh, The Last of Us. I, I missed Sunday's episode. Oh, it's a good yeah. one. I've heard it was really good. Um, I just haven't had a chance, but I'll get... I think it'll happen like what happened last time. Like, I'll get a chance to watch it probably this coming Tuesday, and I'll get to catch up on that's this past Sunday and this Sunday's episode. Mm-hmm. So I'll be caught up for the next episode. But uh, what I have been doing in my spare time is I restarted The Office. Just as, like, a, I don't really do a lot of background watching, but I was playing a lot of Pokemon on my DS, so I would have it going. But, of course, you wind up watching it. I think the Pokemon actually became more of what I was doing in the background. Because um, it's it's one of the older games, so I'm having to actually grind <laughs> and, you know, put in work like that. So it, it becomes the background thing, while well, I guess The Office became the foreground focus. But I started watching that again, and I'm not going to delve into what The Office is. I've talked about it so much in the past, but one of the things that really stands out, because it's season one, right? Season one's probably one of the most neck-breakingly cringy seasons. Oh, I love I I love it so much, dude. Yes, and it's good. Like it's 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 an uncomfortable kind of cringe, but it kind of introduces you to what's to come. And I enjoy it. But one of the biggest talking points I've seen and now I will 100% completely agree with because I wanted to go into this watching for this reason, you can't recreate this show today. Oh, 100% <laughs> not. <laughs> so bad like some of the talking head points of when michael's just doing anything michael related Uh, he says some of the worst most outlandish it's fucking crazy dude yes it is a you can watch this now as a historical piece to see what it was okay to say back in 2004 like, it will blow your mind if you've, A, either never seen The Office, or B, you've not watched it in a really long time. I encourage you to go back to this first season and see how absolutely outlandish some of this stuff is. I mean, things that would get you canceled today in a millisecond. That whole first season is just full yep. of it. And it's not even talking heads. It's specific scenes like the, oh, my God, the Diversity Day shit. Oh, dude. <laughs> that is one of the worst uh, parts. But at the same time, it's not even the worst of that season, yeah. I feel like. So, again, it is it is a piece of media from its age for sure. I will always love The Office. But even going further into the few, next few seasons, because I'm on season three right now, um, it continues on. Like I feel, I, f- I feel like I remember it getting progressively better in terms of, I guess, progressiveness um, in the later seasons. But even seasons two and three, man, they continue to say stuff that makes me just wide-eyed. Like I cannot believe they got away with that kind of stuff. Dude, the uh, the. I can't remember what the the one where he outs Oscar 
Um, yes. Like, holy shit, dude. That 100% would not get made today. Like, no. It, it, it truly couldn't. And the one where he is... Or even just in regards to that, some of the vernacular that he uses, it's atrocious. Oh, 100%. Uh, it's so bad and it just doesn't even have to do with one's sexuality it he uses the one that is in regards to one's uh, uh mentally challenged yeah like he he uses the he uses that word vigorously mm-hmm. and i'm just like oh my god it's i'm just it blows my mind to look at this and be like, we thought this was okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> we, it's it's amazing to see where we're at now. Yeah. Um, it's just crazy, man. So that, that, that was really it. It's like, yeah, I'm watching it again, but I'm watching it through a different set of eyes now, I think. And it's just incredible. A, I don't think you can ever recapture the magic that the season had, especially with the cast. I don't think you could ever do that. But B, that humor is just not of this time yeah, period anymore. No. Dude, uh, I was thinking about the other day, because obviously the, the early seasons are the the worst offenders, but um, yep. like also, even later season episodes, like uh, Scott's Tots, Boy, like oh boy. my god, you want to talk about that in today's uh, like geopolitical climate almost? Like it? Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. I have still yet to get to that episode. Yeah, that's a like season oh, what six? God. I think it's season five or six. Yeah, and to think about that in today's perspective—that is so, because again, like you said, those early episodes. Do I'm not gonna say tackle. It utilizes race humor. Yep. And then and I think that begins to dwindle later in the seasons again, like we you know, we said with everything else. But then you look at Scott's Tots and he's promising a white man promising a group of what, thirty black students to pay for their college tuition tuition and oh just kidding took it away <laughs> never existed it's like wow yeah it's it's unbelievable and like i said there is no way you recreate this show today with the same impact oh yeah 100 like, percent not yeah yeah it's just it is mind-blowing dude but whew. It's 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 been it's been a fun ride because i'm i just keep finding more stuff that i'm like nope nope <laughs> Canceled. Canceled. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. What else you been up to? Uh, so the other thing is um, I watched a little movie called Skinnamarink. Um, this was a, a movie that came out in theaters uh, not too long ago. Had a huge word of mouth campaign um, on social media. A bunch of TikTok stuff happened um and uh yeah so super low budget movie made um on a budget of i think fifteen thousand dollars so 
ultra tiny. Uh, dude actually shot it in his uh, childhood home, which was kind of cool to think about. You know, you look at, uh, like, I don't know, a lot, a lot of stuff, and it's all shot in, like, Atlanta and blah, 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 and, like, these big studios. Um, and this was in his childhood home, which was, you know, kind of fucking rad. Um, but it is a story about, uh, two young children who get trapped inside their home, uh, their dad disappears and all, or, well, their dad is kind of, I guess, gone. And then all of the windows and doors in their house start to disappear. Um, it is a very interesting premise and also, uh, is shot and edited in a very interesting way where none of the characters are ever really on screen in any kind of like discernible way. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is like there are lots of shots of like hallways or um, like... This looks like one of the most unsettling things I have ever seen. Yes. Yeah. That I think is probably where I'm getting. Um, this is like Blair Witch levels of horror to me, just from what I'm seeing, like, or and mixed with paranormal activity almost. This is scary as shit. Yeah. Yeah. It is, um, so I, I think I liked it. I, I think that I liked it a lot. Um, but I also kind of hated it in a weird way. Um, so the... The way that it shot, I understand why it shot that way, and I admire that. Um, but I also felt that at a certain point, I got to where I was just kind of like, okay, I get what you're going for, and it, it, it works to an extent, but like this is also boring. And I think the thing is, it... It's not supposed to be boring because the way that they change the shots and the angles and stuff like that leads to something new. Like, you're seeing something new all the time. But it's still just kind of shots of the same stuff over and over again. Um, I don't hate that by any means. Uh, but it, it, after a while, started to get grating. And the ending of the movie was also, like, the weirdest fucking fever dream. Like, I felt like it was completely disconnected from the narrative. Like, it was a bunch of shots that kind of didn't make sense within the context of the rest of the story. Um, which, I think, again, is something where you can... I think that that's something that you 100% can do and can make it work, but just for whatever reason in this, it didn't. And um, so for, for those reasons, I, I, I definitely knock at some points, but it's one of the most unsettling horror movies I've watched in a very, very long time. I, by the probably halfway point of the movie, just my leg was shaking and I could feel like 
I was very anxious, and I, I, it, it was one of those things where I know I've said this before. Um, I, I think I actually said this specifically about Watcher when I said that back in probably October. I could feel myself being unable to breathe, and I, I would have to force myself to just kind of be like, okay, you got to breathe, dude. You got to breathe. Like it was that sort of like harrowing of a of a watch. Um, I, I think that it will someday be looked upon as a, as like one of those like all time greats, one of those all time classics that like everybody kind of reveres, or it could potentially be a, a cult classic where it's very small, but everyone kind of agrees that it was like a big fucking deal. Um, I think that I will need to revisit it in probably another 10 years or so and see if if things have changed as it stands. I think it's incredibly unsettling and incredibly like viscerally scary in a way that like, I don't really find horror movies all that unnerving anymore. And this was kind of like an unnerving thing for me. Um, but it is very, very flawed. Very, very... Uh, I don't want to use the word boring because not everyone will find it that way. But for me personally, I found it to be a, a little on the boring side. Um, so, yeah. Uh I don't know if that's a recommendation or not, but I would say it is, man. Like when I say this looks unsettling, I it's <clears throat> it sparks a feeling of dread that I've gotten from the movies that I just mentioned a few minutes ago. Um and I think it's that feeling of an anxiety, like it sparked that just by looking at the pictures. Mm-hmm. And I, I, where did you say it's at? Uh, this is on Shutter right now. Damn. Yeah. Okay. I figured it was something like that because that is something I would definitely watch, but I don't. Ooh, <laughs> it's just spine chilling. It is, and I don't know if that's the little creature or whatever, but Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, when you say creature, what do you mean? I don't even know, dude. It's like a fucking... I don't even think it's a creature. It's just like pressed up against the TV and it's solid black and I don't know, but <laughs> my hair is standing up. Yeah, there's... um, There is a... Uh, there is a shot in the movie of a children's toy that everyone has seen before that becomes one of the most unnerving shots of any movie I've ever seen in my life. It is so fucking scary, dude. <laughs> Would you put this above or below Terrifier since they're both low? Um, I, I think, like I said, I, with, with regards to like 
artistic measures and and how it may be viewed in the in the future i think that i would maybe put this above terrifier but i had a better time with terrifier i got you or terrifier 2 i should say i I should i should say that because i do not like that first movie oh well that made me uneasy for the rest of the night probably as it should um I do want to remind everyone that we now have a new sponsor. Oh, no. It is, nope. Yep, it's Archie's Palm Chi Palace. Come on down and get the happiest and saddest day of your life. And currently, they're running a buy three, get one free special on all Palm Chi pups. So hurry on down and make the best, worst decision of your life. Thank Jeff you, is going to be banned from communication with you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to make that happen, but I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> I feel like you actually would try. Uh, that man, that man gives me anxiety. Hi, <laughs> Jeff. What is wrong with you? Oh, it's so good, though. <sighs> it's so good. Well, Remember Rhino? <laughs> Um, unfortunately. Oh, wasn't it like Rhino 60? <laughs> Jesus. Just go. All right. Oh, so, uh, it is likely that by the time you're hearing this Valentine's Day is either right around the corner or is tomorrow even. Uh, that means that it's the season of love, so to speak. And we want to inject some of our discussion with that today. Romances in video games are nothing new, of course, so what should we talk about? Well, at the core of every romance is people. So what we'd like to break down today is what makes for good romance options in video games. What gets our engines revving with character writing, and how many polygons should be devoted to an ass? We plan to tackle... them. (laughs) We plan to tackle all of that... For you right now, uh, that is the correct answer, by the way. All of the polygons. It should just just be an ass. Yep. The rest of the game doesn't exist. Nope. Um, so, when, when I came to you, we kind of talked about um, uh, the whether or not we wanted to take this in, in a couple of different uh, places. And... Um, I think you wanted to go specifically in the direction of like romance options, right? So, um, or, or games that have like romance options. Yeah, at least at least to start it or dabble yeah. in. Yeah. So, so in that case, let me ask you: when you are looking, like when you have a game, say it's Mass Effect or uh, Cyberpunk, because I don't think you've actually played Mass Effect, right? I've actually not. Uh, that might blow a lot of people's minds, but I have never touched any of them. Okay. So, one that I know you have played is obviously Cyberpunk, uh, or The Witcher even. We could go that route if you wanted to. Um, but w- when it comes to a game with like romance options, what are, what are you looking for in, in the character that you decide that you want to romance? So, I had to think long and hard about 
I guess that because it wasn't what do I look for it's what games have I played where it's given me that option truly I didn't have a lot I had The Witcher I had Cyberpunk um, I had Stardew which inevitably I will talk about because that's my biggest one and then I had another game that I played last year called Tell Me Why um, in Stardew and in Tell Me Why I found myself actually falling in love with these characters. Like, I wanted... I just wanted to spend time with them, and I wanted to learn more about them. I wanted to know their story. And what initially drew me into these characters... It, it's it's crazy to think about because the characters that I inevitably wind up falling in love with, at least one of them, it's almost identical to Sabrina's personality and who she is. Um, That's cute. I, I really had to think about it. I was like, what? Because I've in The Witcher 3, I was like, oh, shit. You know, it Triss, she's beautiful. I... I that I never had any knowledge of The Witcher Three. I know I just infuriated a ton of people because I chose Triss over Yen, but never had any backstory of the games. I just chose her. She was great. But it was like she's pretty. I like her. I didn't know their backstory. And Cyberpunk, Pan Am, oh, baddest chick in the Pan game. Pan Am, so yep. bad. Yep. So baddest chick in the game chose her. With these two games in particular, Stardew itself, I fell in love with one of the girls in the game. That is almost identical to Sabrina in terms of personality and who she is. And it comes down to a character I uh, it it's it it almost feels like they have to I'm trying to think of how to cat it's not it's not pure is not the word, but I guess they're very true to themselves, like they are who they are, and they, in in so in particular with Stardew Valley, I fell in love with a character named Abigail, and she was a gamer, she loved nature, she was an artist, a musician, um, she had very few friends, like she was very reclusive. Um, but once you got to know her, she is not what she appears on the outside. It's a new story. Like, it's a completely different character almost. Like, I started to fall in love with the fact that on the outside, in a public-facing environment, she's this... She's just this different character, but as you get to know her more and she opens up, it's like she becomes someone else. Like she captures you with her and just her charm and her wit and her funniness. And it was almost identical to Sabrina. And it scared the hell out of me when I started because I played I played Stardew before I ever met Sabrina. Mm -hmm. But then once this topic came up and I was like, why did it? Because whenever I play Stardew, I have very rarely strayed away from Abigail. I, I will dabble in a couple of others, but I always go back to her. Mm -hmm. um, and then to see them matched up with Sabrina's personality like that, 
it was like, oh my god, I I I I was attracted to. I mean, she, it's. I don't know how else to say it other than they're great people. Um. They're. What's the word? They're people who have been through trials and tribulations that only they know, but it's something that they've came out stronger from, and I can see that, and you learn about that, and they feel comfortable sharing that with you. So it's like, it's just this really personal connection that I was driven by. It wasn't a matter of, you know, physical beauty or anything like that. It was, she stole my heart for who she was in the game, and how it was a side that only I really got to see. And I, I thought that was really special. Um, what about you? Yeah. Um, so I have a hard time of uh, generally talking about which, um, like what kinds of, of characters I'm drawn to because I, I tend to kind of like, uh, I think default into, um, oh, she's just really cool. That sort of thing. Like I, I find it hard to describe like, uh, personality traits, but, uh, trying to sit and think about like what it was that like draws me to, to characters. And, I think that there's a little bit of a, so to speak, um, darkness maybe to to a lot of the the characters that I am I am drawn to. Uh, just for instance, um, in the Dead by Daylight dating sim, right? Um, the first one that I immediately got drawn to was spirit. Um, and that was because when I was going through all of the stories, her kind of like doling out her background information was something that like I kind of latched onto and was like, Oh, this is interesting. Like, you know, she has these daddy issues (laughs) to, to be, uh, you know, blunt about it, but she also has like this sort of like artsy side to her that is drawn from a place of, of darkness, I think. Um, and then you look at someone like Liara from, uh, what's the game series that I said you've never played? Mass Effect. Mass Good Effect. Lord. That's how my brain goes. Um, you look at her and she is having some, uh, if I'm remembering this correctly, her story is that she has some sort of issue with her mother going on. Uh, And so I'm drawn to these characters that I think have sort of um, like like maybe like a little bit of a, of a darkness to them that kind of like shows that they're, I don't want to say wounded, but it it shows that they're not just perfect. 
um, where I think that you get into like stuff like um, I don't know, like I think that you get into some stuff with like <sighs> I'm trying to think of a good example of this. Um, maybe some of the maybe some of the characters in like Fire Emblem. Uh, like where occasionally you'll run into, uh, options that just are very, like kind of one note, you know, that are just kind of like, they're just good people. And like, I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. Like I, I, I am dating someone who is very much like, she's just a good person. Um, but I, I I tend to I tend to gravitate towards the characters that have a little bit more of a nuanced look at the characters like that aren't just this is a this is a you know a great person and there's nothing wrong with them type thing you know what I mean yeah um and, and with regards to that, I also am, I'm really drawn to, I think, like, very, um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, independent personalities. Um, like, like, Liara is very independent in Mass Effect, and, um, I am very much into Meg from Hades, uh, because of, Hell you yeah. know, she was an option too for me. Meg is uh, not only is she fucking banging, but also she's just like a really incredibly written character. Yeah, she's badass. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that that's I, I think that those like those two things kind of compiled like a strong independent personality and and someone who has like more going on than just being, you know, bland stereotype insert hero. Thing. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's good stuff. I um, you, uh, sorry, I was going to ask you. You said uh, Abigail from from Stardew. Stardew is, is that probably yep. your like? If you had to choose, that'd be your number one. Yes, but. Also, maybe no, Ooh. because the other game that I brought up was Tell Me Why, and this game was just, I think I played this for my episodic adventure last mm. year. Um, this game introduced me to, I think, mm, I've found guys in games before like attractive, and I've liked their personalities. I think Tell Me Why is the first game that gave me a guy that I could truly just fall in love with. And I just... The relationship between... So, Tyler Ronan is the main uh, character of the game, him and his sister. Tyler Ronan was a birth female, but it's uh, uh, he's a female-to-male trans. <clears throat> so that's the main character that you play as, so automatically love that. Like, the, the, this was a fantastic game for trans representation. I loved it. It covered so, so much. And if you have never played it, I truly recommend 
uh, giving it a shot. It is a wonderful story. Um, but so you're playing as Tyler and you're, you know, going through this kind of mystery with your sister. But one of your sister's friends is named Michael. And I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. Abila. Um, this is a guy that, you know, you, you as Tyler, you are introduced to as your sister's friend. Um, you know, he is your sister's friend or whatever. But you kind of have these few moments where you two are hanging out together. And just immediately, they have this instant charisma, this instant connection. Michael's a very chill and laid-back guy. Um, you know, early 20s probably, I don't know. But when I say he's laid-back and chill, he's very receptive, I guess you could say. Like, he is very welcoming in, in just terms of getting to know you and making you feel heard, I guess. Mm -hmm. So as the story starts to go on with him and Tyler, um, he kind of not necessarily comes out to Tyler because that was never necessary. Um, but he kind of insinuates to Tyler that, hey, I would be very much interested in you know going further with you type of thing. And they start to develop their own relationship after that. But once I once I saw that, um, it's like to get to that point, he had to listen to essentially all of Tyler's trauma, all of you know trauma dump, trauma dump, but just you know being a trans male, I guess, mm -hmm. and hearing how it's like not even that he was uncaring that he that Tyler was a trans male, but it's just like it did not make jack shit of a difference. Mm -hmm. It did not matter. He was infatuated with Tyler as a person. And ha seeing their relationship, like having little, I think it was like stuffed animal throwing fights in a back room of a retail shop that you take part in. Like that was super cute. And then they, you know, Michael always insinuates that, you know, he, that he wants Tyler to move out with him and Tyler's sister to Juneau, Alaska. Uh, and like they can, you know, have like, like a family that they never had type of thing. Like he's wanting to make Tyler a part of his life. Cause I'm not going to spoil anything with the story. Tyler did not have a good life. Um, he grew up away from his sister. He was outcasted. It was not good. So you instantly see Michael trying to make this connection and inevitably they wind up going on their date and they actually go ice fishing, which of all things, that's still the deal, right? <laughs> I mean, he's a fisherman, but um, it was seeing this person who was so welcoming and understanding and had this person, like, I wish I could meet someone like this. Like, I've never met someone like this in my life, I think. And I was immediately like, it was like, wow. Like, I wish I could sit down and just talk to Michael mm. and just have this conversation, like any kind of conversation. I would love to just talk and I, I don't think I've ever had that kind of connection in a video game before. Ever. <laughs> um, so that it was a really special treat last year. Getting I just played this because it was, hey, I, I don't want to go through X amount of hours with the full collection of Walking Dead. I want to just play something new. And I took a shot on this, and it was... It had, it's probably top 10 favorite games of all time. And then it introduced me to like probably I it is tied with Abigail for top romantic interests for me. And for the sheer fact of everything I just said, like 
it's someone that I wish I could know. It's I, I just I want to be able to talk to this person, but it was just a character in a video game. Yeah, yeah, I I hundred percent feel that. Um, yeah. to kind of bring that into uh, maybe a different talking point, I, that's the exact kind of way that I feel about Aerith from Final yeah. Fantasy. Um, obviously, she's not like a rope. I, I explained this to you the other day. Technically, you can yeah. romance characters in Final Fantasy VII. Like, it, it's a thing. But um, it's not as robust as, like, what we think of as romance options in, in modern games. Right. Um, but that said, characters that I'm immediately kind of, like, drawn to and, like, want to... Um, you know, be with on like a, like if, if like I could just hang out with these people and just be around them, like that would be fucking awesome. Uh, Aerith is right at the top of that list. I, I love her so much. She's such a fucking cool character. Like from, from the moment you meet her and you, and you kind of get a sort of like, she's, she's so many different things, but like she cares about the environment. She cares about people and she's also very strong willed and will like fight you. If you, you know, kind of like disrespect the people that she cares about. And, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I think that she's just the fucking best. Um, I guess I need to play Final Fantasy, don't I? Yeah, you you should you should definitely do that. <laughs> uh, is is there a character that's maybe like a, a not a, a, tr- a romance option in the way that we've we've kind of talked about um, that you feel that way like similar to? Uh, yes, I think I put her on <clears throat> one of our sexiest video game characters list. I put her on there. I think um, Serana. From Skyrim, mm-hmm. um, Skyrim is met, and the, the fucked up thing is, is she's actually not even a true love interest. Like I don't think you can, without mods, I don't think you can actually romance her the way you could Ayla, the Huntress, or someone like that. But Skyrim is full of love interests like that that you can marry. It's like you do a quest for them, you give them, you give them an amulet, and you're married. It's not really in depth. Mm-hmm. With Serana, she is the. I would. F- I, I feel safe to say she's the main character of the Dawn Guard DLC. Um, she is a vampire that's been sealed away for a shit ton of time. And she also is one of the people that you can bring along as a companion. She's also. She can't die, so you can throw her into whatever situation. She will not die. It's great. Um, which is where me falling in love with her kind of came from not because she can't die but because if she can't die why would I want any other companion that could possibly die let me use the immortal one right so I took her with me everywhere and in doing so she is unlike any other character in Skyrim dude Mm. she has so much personality and charisma to her and she comments on everything and she makes Skyrim that much better to me like I speed run 
so level 10 so I can get the Dawnguard DLC and go get her as my companion that way I can do everything else in the mm, game yeah she makes Skyrim what it is to me as an experience and it's just because of her personality it shines it shines in a game where it's 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 2011 Bethesda writing it's nothing remarkable yeah the the dialogue is very trans it's it's hollow essentially Serana gave the game life and it it was just amazing to have that kind of personality follow me along the game I, I loved it hell yeah yeah fucking I need to maybe try to go back and play that uh, I don't know if you'll be able to do I'm it I'm never going to be able to do it <laughs> I don't yeah. know why he even just said that. I'm never no, going to be able to I, do it. No. If, let me, and this is such a stupid thing because I know it's not going to happen. If they gave it a 2024 remaster, would you play it again? Uh, I would probably try, yeah. Yeah. Would you pay full Fuck price? No. Or would you be like, Dylan, if not. you want me to play this, you have to buy the shit. Yeah, I absolutely 100% <laughs> would not. Yeah, it better be on Game Pass, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, well, hell, that's, uh, I guess, the... Um, that's our show. That's the topic of the show, for sure. So, let's, uh, I guess, um, get into... Get into what we've been yeah, playing. let's talk about that. Um... So, I kind of was browsing through Steam the other day and noticed that the Next Fest was happening. And so, I um, was like, well, let me, let me download a couple of these demos and, and try them out. And, uh, and so, I grabbed probably 12 games um i'm not going to talk about them all because it's we'd be here all night but um there were a couple that that i played that kind of seemed right up my alley and um i was not as enamored with uh but but still i was like okay this could potentially be something nice um, and those three were called, uh, unscripted fabledom and meet your maker. Unscripted is a, um, visual novel that takes place in Hollywood. You're, uh, I don't know if you're a screenwriter or if you're working for television or, or what the deal is. Um, but basically you're a character who, um, is a, is a writer in Hollywood and uh, it starts with like you're in a bar with your friends and you're trying to kind of like you, you see a girl sitting at the bar by herself and you're kind of like, Oh, I want to, I want to go talk to her and I want to see what her deal is. And they're giving you a hard time. And then you've got, uh, the sort of, um, how, how do you want to say this? Uh, You've kind of got the the insight that that he's got a big thing coming up tomorrow, a, a big pitch meeting, blah blah blah, and uh, 
it just kind of like that's something that kind of happens and then um you go to talk to the woman and then like you know you have options and blah 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 and um the the whole demo is like the first chapter of that visual novel and it, it took me about i'd say 30 minutes maybe 45 to to get through and uh i i liked parts of it um I'm interested to see uh, if it's something that, like, if it's something that I end up picking up. I'm interested to see where it could potentially go. I'm, I'm intrigued by the whole like Hollywood uh, angle and you know stuff of that nature. But um, I'm not gonna probably, I'm probably not gonna go out of my way to to try to take a take take a look at it. Um, We'll just we'll have to see how it goes. Uh, but um, Fabledom is a sort of uh, it's a sort of um, how do I want to put this kingdom builder? I guess would be the best way to put it, where you're kind of put in place of a or in charge of a kingdom, and you need to like you know raise it to prosperity and stuff like that. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed my time with that. Uh, but there's another game that I played that I thought was better. Uh, that I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, kind of cute art style. But I, I think you you kind of know what you're getting as, as soon as you boot up the game. To be totally honest with you. Um, it's just, it's there. And if, if you're into that sort of thing, you're into that sort of thing. Um... With regards to um, Meet Your Maker, that's the new game from Behavior. And that's the one that I'm maybe most interested in out of, of the group of three that I, I brought up. Uh, Behavior is the studio who made um, Dead by Daylight. And this game is basically a, um, a weird kind of twist on player versus player where in the um the the basic premise of the game is that you are a character or you are a um a a i mean i guess character is the best word for it um in a in a post-apocalyptic environment and the way that you run through the game is is by gathering resources and the way that you gra gather resources is by basically going through these uh what i'll just refer to as trials um and the trials are basically set up with a bunch of either traps or uh like quote unquote killers that will uh you know obviously fuck your day and um, the thing that's interesting about it, though, is that the levels are designed by other players. So you design the level and then other people have to go and try to, to try to beat that level to gain resources. And it's a really, really interesting way to handle like 
PvP, like multiplayer PvP. Um, I've, I've genuinely never seen anything like it. I, what I played, I'm not sure if it was other player creations or if it was, uh, like something else, but, uh, I do know that like what I played was pretty cool. Um, but it felt like the, the levels were relatively easy to get through. So I'm not sure if it was like a, an example of like actual people having deleted it or, or created it, or if it was more of a matter of like, these are kind of like pre-designed things for you to get a, an idea of how the game is supposed to work. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm just sitting here thinking how, of course, it's behavior that fucking flips the formula on a multiplayer. Right. Genre. That's crazy to me. But, yeah, that that one was, uh, like I said, was maybe the one that I was the most interested in of the, of the three that I was, quote, unquote, least interested in. Um, but it has such a cool fucking premise for multiplayer that I'm kind of like, huh, I, I should pick that up probably. Um, Great, that's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just derail the challenge even more. Yep, it's like you'll fucking max out a rift, and then in the downtime you'll just start playing this, and then when the new rift comes back you'll go to Dead by Daylight. And then you'll, you <laughs> right. know. Uh, yeah, cool. So um, I guess... If you wanted to talk about Minecraft, we, we kind of played some yeah. Minecraft together. We did. That's Where did that come right. from, right? Um, honest as shit, I don't know where it came from. Oh, no, I, I, I totally do, actually. Sabrina was playing with a friend one night, and I'm like, I, I could play Minecraft. <laughs> so I, I just was like, let me see if I can find a world. First world I started. Never happens. Found awesome place and i was like this is home i am now this is this is my life now uh so i bought us a realm so we could all start playing on it together and dude it's like i'm playing minecraft too because i don't know where i left the last update i truly remember playing was when they introduced the ocean biomes now i played it when they did the caves a little bit um, not a lot, like maybe a week at most. Um, but everything that they have added is wild. Like it feels like a different, more full and vast game. I feel like, um, all the different crazy biomes, like caving now is actually, I'm going to say wondrous. Like you never know what you're going to find. And now the world doesn't just end at like Y1 or whatever. It goes down to like Y negative 60, I believe. Um, and that also changed up like how we mine. Like I used to make strip mines at like Y11 and just try to find diamond. Now I had to go all the way down to Y negative 59 to find. That's apparently where the most diamonds spawn. And I will agree. I found a lot down there. It's just crazy. It's like I'm relearning the game, and that in itself is scary. Yeah. Because 
I dumped thousands. I know thousands because I used to keep track of it on, I think it was called a Raptor back then. Um, but it used to keep track of how many hours you've played in the game. Minecraft had well over 2,000 hours on Xbox 360 alone. Alone. Or maybe into Xbox One at that point, too. But then I started playing on PC. I bought it on the PlayStation eventually. I have it on mobile. I have it on Switch. I have it on everything. Um, so I dumped a ton of hours into this. Now it feels like a completely different game and I'm relearning everything. And it is pretty fun, man. And I love that we can all play together. And it's it's while it's a world that I created, I don't have to be online for all of us to go in there and do our own thing. Um, and it's just cool because Sabrina's off doing her own thing. I got you in there being a fucking architect. <laughs> um, Trying. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm just uh, vibing, building a little cabin. About to start making some bigger structures right now, I guess. But having a blast man it is great to be back on minecraft and it's uh it's just a casual streaming game like if i'm not playing something in regards to challenge in terms of like streaming something story related this is up there with dead by daylight i can just pop on minecraft and stream it for a while truly i i get caught up in playing that game but uh um it's a lot of fun man i'm, I'm glad that i got back to it Are you okay? Yeah. Yep. Sorry. I just zoned the fuck out. That's okay. Um Yeah, okay. So um Arcadian Atlas is probably where I'll start. <laughs> um Arcadian Atlas is a uh I, I guess 2D uh pixel art game with um tactical combat and um so it's a, a a tactical rpg or a tactics rpg however you want to put that i don't i don't know how certain people refer to it but um yeah so that's uh that's um pretty much it i i am i i don't know what to how to refer to the story because um, I, I didn't get much of it. I got a taste and that's, that's all that there really was, was just a taste. Um, but I, I enjoyed the combat 100%. Um, I really like the, the turn-based tactical stuff. I know that that's not necessarily a thing that you're fond of. Um, but I enjoy that stuff. Um, so uh, that's that's something that I um, really, really fucking dug. And it's also full of some, like, really good art. Like, the art design of the game is very, very... I mean, it's, it's beautiful, just to be completely honest with you. Like, I, I don't really know any other way to put it other than beautiful. It's just really kind of stunning to look at 2d sprite work that is uh i i i don't know i i genuinely don't know how to other than than it's beautiful um i did feel weird about the music in the game though because the music is a like weird sort of like jazz that 
totally contrasted with the tone of like what was going on because it's kind of like one of those like I don't want to say high fantasy, but it's one of those fantasy RPGs with like um, like a king and a, a kingdom and like you know you know what I'm talking about like classic RPG shit. Um, yeah, and it had like a weird like jazzy like i i don't even really know how to describe it. it it was just a weird juxtaposition in in tone i felt like um and i don't know if that's just because of like the one level i played and maybe it changes but uh that felt like a very strange choice to me um yeah it it was it was good i i uh enjoyed what little i i played of it um and uh i i'm i'm definitely excited to to see more of it in the in the future so um do you want me to talk about my other two steam next fest things uh yeah if you want to go ahead and okay. knock them out cool um i just realized that hi-fi rush is on here also i'll just say this real quick i beat hi-fi rush and it's good it's a good Same. game yep i actually thought you were going to talk about that oh really <laughs> no yeah uh but i just i mean same just real quick interjection i beat it too and i swear to god it is going to go far in our game of the year yep it's uh currently i mean obviously there hasn't been a whole lot of this come out this year right. but it's it's very clearly the front runner for game of the year right now yeah, not even a question, man. That game so, is really fucking good. Let's spoiler cast it. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, Plan B Terraform. Uh, this is a uh, almost like a Sim City type game. Um, I I don't know where I would. Uh, I I don't know. What the what the genre is, but um, plan Plan B Terraform is is kind of that you're on a uh, planet and you are supposed to um, t- terraform the planet, obviously, to uh, build cities and and kind of like colonize the planet. Um, and it starts out with a uh, like a, a pretty nice tutorial that is, um, like explains everything that you need to do. So you need to, uh, de- not develop the assets, but like you need to, um, like take the, the minerals from the planet and, and develop those into things that the society can use, grow your population, yada, yada, yada. Um, and, it doesn't do anything really out of the box, I don't think, that you wouldn't have seen before. But it is just so pleasant. It was just such a very, like, very pleasant time. Like, I I enjoyed the music in it. It was very easy to get into and, and kind of, like uh for lack of a better term i guess say understand um like it just it had a lot going for it and 
it's something that I I definitely intend on on playing some more because it's I I had fun and uh, I think that that's I don't know that that's the most important yeah, thing. Yeah. This actually does look pretty cool. Like it doesn't look like something that's immediately in my uh, commonly played list, but it looks fun. Yeah, and I I wouldn't expect like that everyone needs to play this type thing. It's it's a sure. game for me, I think, especially in the the sort of like time where I'm at right now where I like I want to play the the cozy games, so to speak. Um sure. so it's speaking to me on that level for sure. Um it's almost like the patrons could have got a whole episode on cozy oh, games. You know, but no, it doesn't matter what I voted for. It's just everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last one is probably the one that I am the most intrigued by, and probably the one that I'm most willing to like put money towards. Uh, it's a game called Lakeburg Legacies, which is it, it's funny that our uh, our topic of the show was about um, uh romances because that's kind of the whole premise of the game so basically you are put in charge of developing a kingdom from start to finish based on entirely on romances and so it's a very simplistic or or simple i should say um design where like there's not like there's not a whole lot of like art assets there's not a whole lot of just much of anything going on with it uh with regards to like 3d assets and stuff like that it's it's all like kind of like hand-drawn or maybe not hand-drawn i think that's what gives it so much charm yeah yeah it's a very cute art style um, and it's all kind of like menu based and, and, and things of that nature. So it's, it's not an incredibly complex game, but it's, it's one where basically you start with a character. That's the very first thing that you do. You, you start in this, this place as a character and that character you use to start, um, like I said, like de- not developing assets, but like gathering i guess assets and using those assets to start building things for for a kingdom um there's also the the like the like i said the romance aspect of it where you are also tasked with like kind of keeping your kingdom alive through um through I hate to say this because it sounds so fucking weird, but through breeding, (laughs) like that's just kind of what you have to do. So like, uh, you'll have characters who will, they'll, they'll, there will be characters that will come by and you can recruit them to your kingdom, so to speak. But there are also like, you have to develop and nurture relationships alongside doing the kingdom building thing. And those relationships can start out kind of like uh, really easy to kind of, uh, I don't want to say grasp, but but um, very easy to maintain, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. 
Um, and so you'll have that stuff, but then there will be like little, uh, I, I want to say detour, but I know that's not the word that I'm looking for. Um, little like wrinkles that get thrown into the, into the frame where like you'll have characters that, uh, are very like, they kind of like become enamored with other people within your, your village and your kingdom. And so you have to make like, <laughs> you have to make decisions on whether or not they're going to stay with their partner or whether they're going to, you know, go find this new romance or if they're going to just be exiled from the town. And it's just incredibly intriguing stuff that like, I, I would have never kind of like thought of in, in a, so to speak, kingdom building game. And it's just, I don't know. Uh, I was enamored with it. I sat down at the, Demo is maybe an hour long, two hours long, and I, I've played through it twice now. Um, I I'm really looking forward to this game whenever it it launches. Um, yeah, I just I I just put this on my wish list. It doesn't have a date. I see it says Q two twenty twenty three. Um, this looks really fucking cool, and I'm looking back at because I didn't know who Ishtar Games was, so I'm looking back at their previously released games. Every single one of them, while certain similarities shine through, they all have such vastly unique art styles. It is super neat to see, and to see where they're at now with this one. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks, this is also, it looks like you just said, cozy. Yep, yep. Yeah, I th- I think that that was probably the first thing that that drew me to it was I was like I, I want yeah. a for lack of a better term cozy game and I, like that was immediately like one where I was like oh okay yeah yeah for sure so I I that is fucking awesome I wish listed that immediately once I started looking at art and gameplay of it yeah it's um, a good time man alrighty. And the demo is available right now, so if you want to like give it a give it a t- uh, try, um, feel free. Uh, I think the next fest runs through the thirteenth. So if you're a patron or if you're listening to this day of release, then uh, go check it out. You got a day. Yep, you got the day. <laughs> um. So uh, I guess. I mean, do you do you want to touch on Hi-Fi Rush real quick? Because I I feel like we did a a pretty good, um, a pretty good job on talking about it uh, last episode. I, I mean, I I feel like we covered a lot. Um, I'll just say that it continued on throughout the rest of the game. Like the game never dropped pace. It never dropped quality. Um, it truly only got better with the introduction of every new character, every new moveset, every new boss. It continued to just exponentially grow in terms of enjoyment for me. Um, I was very impressed with Hi-Fi Rush. Like, again, I need, we really, I feel like some point this year we need to sit down and reassess our top 10 games of all time 
because in the past three years since we've been doing this podcast and we've started playing more games, my top ten has changed drastically. Hi-Fi Rush makes my top ten of all Oh, time. damn. That's high praise. Yep. It is such a fun and great game. Usually when I beat a game, I uninstall it just to make room for the next shit to come. It's staying on my hard drive, and I'm going back to, like, get... There's... Uh, a good post game that you can follow up in. I'm sh- I'm hoping that inevitably there's some DLC or something, but there's just achievements I want to go back and get. There's so much of this game I still want to explore. Um, it sank its claws into me. Hell yeah, man! I am very. Uh, I was very impressed with it as well. I have also not deleted it from my hard drive. Um, which is again something that. Like you pointed, like that's something I definitely normally do to make to make right. you know um, space, and I haven't done it. Just a little more space. Um, yeah, and I have it installed on both my PC and my Xbox. Oh shit! <laughs> yes, um, dude, it's it's just a wild ride. I love the uniqueness of it. The mechanics are. It's like a breath of fresh air. Like, I, I, I didn't know that I wanted a fucking hack and slash rhythm game, but I sure as shit did now. Um, did I, and with the art style that it has and the character relationships that you build along the way, it is no, it has no right being as fucking good as it was and it was shadow dropped. It still did great, but holy shit, for it to come out of nowhere, it made a story. Yeah, 100% agreed. Did you, um, have you thought about at all what we're looking at with a best new character or is it, no, we have best character and best supporting character. Um, we should do best new character. Okay. Or, well, I mean, I guess that kind of goes, I mean, unless you, we couldn't do like a Kratos, I feel like. You, yeah. You feel me? Like, so I guess best new character would have to be it. Yeah. Because what are you thinking? Are you thinking on Peppermint or are you thinking on... Oh, that uh, that's what I was trying to get at. It's like, who was who was yeah. waifu status? For me, it was it was definitely Corsica. I, Corsica's, I think they're... Her fine. fucking design, man. I was immediately like, oh, I love her. But even then, I'm telling you, I fell in love with that. Um, it took me a little while on Chai. I will say that. It took me a little while to build up to liking our main character. Yeah, and I think that that's probably intentional, right? It very much is, because by the end of it, completely different yeah. person, I feel like. That being said, I loved Peppermint. I love Corsica. Dude, I fucking adore Macaroon. Oh, Macaroon's fucking wonderful. He is so fucking intelligent and wise, but he's also vulnerable. And you don't get that a lot, dude. He's this big, burly yep. guy. I fucking loved everything about him and Cinnamon. Yeah, Cinnamon's fucking wonderful, too. Dude, oh, you just, you gave me this all-star cast. I would watch an entire series based off of this cast. Yeah, dude, that's the, the, the thing that I really, like, think that I probably took away most from this was that, like, this is a world that I would love to see more of. I want to see... We have to. Like... I want to see like a series, a cartoon or, you know, yeah. something. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I know, you know, Bethesda's doing, you know, the fallout shit and stuff like that. If you're going to start giving your IPs to be made, this needs to be one of them. It was. 
Who made this? Bethesda published it. Who made it? Uh, Tango. It was Tango Gameworks. Tango. That's right. Okay. Um, yeah, dude. I. This is such. I cannot understate how good this game is. I would recommend this to anyone out there. It is. I mean, it's kid friendly. It's. It's user friendly, even though it's a rhythm game. It is very much user friendly. Um, art style is beautiful. Soundtrack is awesome. Ah, oh, just characters are lovely. Antagonist is spin I didn't see coming. Uh, not a not a huge spin, but there was a little bit there at the end. I was like, huh? Like I, I was like, wow, okay. Um, I don't know, man. Like it's just it did wonders for me, and it started in January. Anything following that shit has big shoes to fill yep. this year. Yep, yep, yep. Cool. All right. Well, this is the big one. The time? Let's, let's talk about the elephant in the in the classroom. In the room. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to get straight into it. I think we've talked enough about the controversy. Oh, um, and, at the and very least things. in the Discord, for sure. And the Discord and just everywhere else. I've been playing Hogwarts Legacy. And... I think it was known going into this year that this was my most anticipated game of the year. Um, I'm a diehard Harry Potter fan. Like it's it was my life growing up. I love the books so much. I've continuously watched all the movies. This was my life. I do not like or agree with the author, but I love the world that she created. Um and this game I was hoping would live up to my expectations. So there was no tempering my expectations with this. I tried, Josh, to temper my expectations, but they were a 10 out of 10. Like, I, I couldn't with this. Um, so I got early access. I got it. This, we're recording this episode before the game truly even comes out. Um, so I got it in early access, and I uh, delved into it on a day off. So I had copious amounts of time to just sit there and pour my soul into it and that I did um Josh my expectations were not only met but they were exceeded this is maybe looking to be my Elden Ring this year um I do not I cannot believe how well crafted this game is this is not me looking at it from a fan's point of view this is me looking at it from a gamer's expectations. I am actually blown away. I told you going into this year that my biggest worry was combat. I was a fucking fool. <laughs> they did so good with it, dude. And I don't even know where to truly start with this. Um, yes, I do. Character creation. I will say character creation was a lot of fun. I think it is very diverse. I think it's very inclusive. And it's given us some of the best options for creating anyone you want to be in terms of like uh just everything i guess um i loved it i love getting to create me i i mean i can't create big burly man with a beard but i can do a pretty good job you know you mean you can't create um, no Har- hagrid <laughs> no i i dude i wish oh my god yeah be more diverse you stupid fuck no i'm just kidding um character creation wonderful and then you start to play the game. It does a great job 
at this is also first impressions by the way i do not know how the story turns out i am 10 hours into the game i believe um and it only like 10 true hours of playing that's not pause screen looking around that's like 10 true hours that's how the game keeps track of it um game starts and you're kind of thrown into this weird story i'm not going to spoil anything for anyone because so far it's actually been pretty wonderful um, the story has been, but you're thrown into this weird circumstance of attending Hogwarts as a fifth-year student. And when I say fifth-year student, I don't mean that you've gone for the past four years. You are a fresh transfer to Hogwarts as a fifth-year. That's fucking weird. Um, but it kind of does a great job at laying out how you get there and how you're catching up to other students. And this is all the tutorial. The first 30 to 40 minutes of the game is a tutorial section, but it never feels like you're playing one. And that is something that I enjoy. It just felt like you were watching a part of the story unfold while you were, quote-unquote, getting caught up to where you needed to be. Mm. Did I it think... tell you, by chance, which, uh, which school you transfer in from? No. As of right now, I don't know how we got to where we're at because as far as I can tell, I never went to another school. Oh. I have one worry, and it's that the backstory of the main character doesn't get explained. As of right now, I'm still trying to find out where it's, how I'm the situation transpired, mm -hmm. but I do not know as of right now why this happened. But I'm okay with it because I didn't want to start as an 11 year old kid. Yeah, anyway. yeah, of <laughs> you course. know what I mean. Right, um, and I think fifth year in terms of my books, that was my favorite book. That was Order of the Phoenix. That's when things started to get. Uh, Shit real. started popping off. Love that. Yeah, truly. That's when the big death started to happen. The story got dark as shit. Loved it. Um, so you get past this intro introductory section, and now you're at Hogwarts, and you get to get sorted into your house and all that. Um, when I tell you my jaw dropped when I walked into that castle for the first time, I'm not kidding. It was like, it's not even that I, it was like I was stepping into the movies. I stepped into the books, Josh. Like, this is one of the most meticulously crafted environments I have seen in my gaming life. The castle is alive. It's thriving. It's fucking massive. And just like the books say, it's a labyrinth. You will get lost. Here's what I did. I need to preface all of this. Sabrina and I are playing the game together. We're playing two separate games. As soon as I started this game, I didn't read anything about it. it turns out I did the right thing. What I did, because I'm having a hard time not using this game as a fucking screenshot simulator. Um, so I went in and I turned off every bit of HUD, every quest tracker, everything. I'm playing with my character on the screen. That's it. This is the only game in my life I've ever done Ooh. that with. And I'm continuously playing it like this, too. It has made the game so much more enjoyable to the point... This was day, like, minute one I turned everything off. I came in to watch Sabrina play last night, and I'm like, wait, it shows you where to go like that? It shows you where the puzzle solution is? I was like, you can see how many ultimates you have, like, stored up? You can see your health bar? You can see blah, blah, blah? I never knew all of this. We are playing two vastly different games. And if you want my honest opinion... I would play it the way I'm playing it because it gives it that Elden Ring feel, mm. which is weird to say when you're thinking about the game that we're playing, but it makes it 
challenging and it makes it rewarding. You can st you still have this little like it's like a spell that'll cast you in the direction of your next quest objective. I don't need a mini map. I don't need anything else. I got that. I'm fine. And then the only other like thing that I have is a notification that tells me what part of the school I'm in or if I picked up an item or something like that just so I can see what I got. That's all I have. And it's like I'm having to figure everything out. I'm having to pour myself into this game. When I saw that it took you on Sabrina's screen, like you have to cast a spell and go find a moth and bring it back to the little picture to solve a puzzle. And when I did that, I had to genuinely look at the picture that it was showing me like as a clue. And then I had to go around and try to find that Sabrina. It took a right to the shit. Like we're playing two different games and there is a mode for if you want to sit back and have an easier experience. And then there's this way that I'm playing it that I feel like is truly almost how it should be experienced. I feel like because it feels like a true next gen experience that does not hold your hand. Um, so that being said, when I tell you that this castle is a labyrinth, it truly is. I get lost, but in a good way. Like, I love looking at the detail of this castle. Like, everything that I could have ever imagined is here. And it is captured so well. The only thing that I have a little bit of a problem with is the Grand Staircase. Because it's supposed to be this thing that, like, changes in random directions at any given time. Yeah. And I wish they would have kept that in. I understand why they didn't. Because the RNG would be so fucking shit if you couldn't get to where you needed to be because you kept going in a loop on this staircase that's trying to fuck you over. I get it. So their solution to that was to make it a staircase that you walk into the grand staircase area and then the stairs kind of spawn in front of you. Like, not spawn, but like magically appear in front of you. It, how they did it, I respect it and I understand why they did it. But that's just one critique. I was like, I really wish they would have kept the ever-changing system in there because that would have yeah, been cool. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, but overall, like, as you get sorted into your house, so you can either, I think you can link through Warner Brothers something, like, I think the, a, maybe a Pottermore result or some quiz that you took online to get sorted into a house, or you can select which house you want to get sorted into, which is what I did. Like, I took the Pottermore thing a long time ago, and I've always been in my heart. Like, I love the Ravenclaw house, so that's what I went with. Um, it's really, really, really cool to finally get to see the inside of these common rooms that you never got to see in the movies and you can only read. Yeah, the, I the, didn't even think about that. You only ever see Gryffindor in the movies. Yep, ever. That's all you ever know. And, like, we all, we get a snippet of Slytherin when they use the uh, Polyjuice Potion in the second oh, yeah, movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's, yeah, it's barely anything. And you never know fuck all about Ravenclaw, and you certainly never hear about Hufflepuff. Um, Hufflepuff is the fucking black sheep of the family when it comes to Hogwarts houses. Like, they don't get any love, whereas Ravenclaw at least had Cho Chang and it had uh, Luna. Um, Hufflepuff had Cedric Diggory. He died. Nothing else happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so getting to actually see the inside of what I've always wanted to see, which is my common room, it's so beautiful to see like the the colors of like the blues and the bronzes and the silvers and the blacks of the Ravenclaw Tower and just the statues and every I cannot I'm, I need to stop talking about the environment of this game to move on. I cannot express enough how beautiful this game is. I've never played a game that made my jaw drop like this one did. The environments are lush. 
the castle is thriving with both people and things going on. Hogsmeade Village, getting to go there, like I say in person, but like getting to actually walk into Hogsmeade and see this absolutely, again, I'm going to use the word, cozy town that we've really seen barely snippets of in the movies and we've read about, but getting to see it thriving like it was, oh my god, this is literally a dream come true for me. Um, mechanically, I think this game works wonderfully. My biggest hang-up was going to be the combat, and while it can seem basic at first, once you start to learn more spells, the combat really starts to open up. All the, all the spells are bound to holding the right trigger and then selecting one of the four colored buttons on the controller or whatever you're playing with. Uh, one of the four pre-tied buttons, like ABXY. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those are like your the spells that you cast at people, but then you also have a defensive spell, Protego, that's like your block, and you also use it to parry. It's like getting the perfect timing, and then by holding that button down, it fires back a stupefy spell, which is the true parry move. Like That's like you stunning them. Um, and it's really cool. You can either block or you can do that. You also have a dodge roll, which is a lot of fun. I feel like I'm playing Dark Souls. Um, and you can... You you have this brief window to either parry or dodge roll, and you can do both. And it's it's a lot of fun, man. And the spells that you can utilize, you can chain them together and feel like a god. I mean, there Sabrina, <laughs> she was watching me play last night. She was like, you just destroyed that thing. Like, there was one time where I cast a spell. to I start off my combo, like, I'll fire off a few shots of just the basic attack. I cast a spell to bring it in the air. A few more shots of basic attack. I bring it close into me with another spell. Then I torch it with another one. And then I finish off the combo with basic spells. You have so much versatility in what you use. It is a lot of fun. I can't wait to flesh out what spells I get in the future. Um, But I'm having a hard time even making it to class right now. Because I cannot stop exploring the world. Mm. Um, Now is it... um... Is it sort of a mission-based situation where, um, how do I want to describe it? Um, is it a a mission-based thing where, like, you have, like, uh, sort of, like, classes that you need to attend to, like, um, advance the story? Learn spells and stuff? So you have to take classes to learn spells. Um, and a part of that is advancing the story, yes, but it's a completely open world. You can do whatever you want. There's tons of side quests that you can, you know, partake in. Um, the main story doesn't inv- You going to class is not the main story. There's a much more sinister plot involved, um, with everything going on. And it's actually really cool. And every- dude- I know this is completely off topic, but I love how everything is explained in this game. Like, you know how, like, if you were to go to a quest, like in any other game, it was a, it was a, it was a fucking fetch and find quest. Like, he's like, hey, I lost this, and you need to go find it. You do that in this game, but before you even get to that point, he's like, and just so you know, I enchanted it, so when you find it, the carriages will roll back to me automatically. And I'm like, that's so fucking cool to me. Like... Because it's like it answers how it gets back to him. It's just like you can use magic to explain so much in this world, and mm. I love that. Um, but 
Yeah, yeah, it is very much mission-based in the sense of progressing the story, but you can do anything at any point that you want at any time. Um, you don't have to follow the main story. You can explore the shit out of the castle and Hogsmeade and the surrounding uh, uh, towns and stuff like that. It's not just Hogwarts and Hogsmeade. It goes beyond that, and it's really, really cool. Um, there's a lot of mini-games in, in the game itself, but they're all fun. Like, if you learn a new spell... You have to move your wand in a certain motion while kind of rhythm gaming it with the uh, <laughs> A, X, bless Thank you. you. Um, stop. Oh, I thought you were going to sneeze again. <laughs> um, but you're kind of mini gaming it to learn new spells. Like there's like these puzzles out in the world that you can delve into. There's so much to do. This game is alive. Um, I've had a little bit of performance issues when it comes to like really dense part of the castle the game starts to freak out a little bit, but other than that, it runs very well. It's very cinematic. Um, I've posted some screenshots on my di part of the uh, Culture Bob Discord in the Omdesi TV thread if anyone wants to see them. I'm not streaming the game. I'm not posting it to Instagram, um, but I'll, I'll continue to talk about it in the Discord, um, and as I finish the game, I'll revisit it. But I just wanted to touch on it tonight because it is an astoundingly well-crafted game. It is much... It, tackles a lot more than I thought it would it offers a lot more than I thought it would um, it's a really fun time man I'm glad you're enjoying um, it yeah I I cannot I I, I just <laughs> I 1000% I, I respect you not playing it I wish you would because at the game of the year like mechanically I think this game would rank high but I 1,000% respect you not playing it. So um, take my word for it. Great game. I will I will do just that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, I guess that's that's it for, for games. So do you want to – let's get our picks of the weekend and then get out of here. Picks of the peak? Yeah. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Well, um, my pick of the week is uh, another – I, I – think i've recommended this channel before uh if not i know i've talked about it at least in the discord um uh but the channel is folding ideas and this uh video is called the art of editing and the snowman and it is a um video that kind of breaks down why the editing in that movie the snowman is so uh insane and also kind of a gives a, a nice tutorial on what makes for good editing um and also i just really like this video because no one ever talks about the snowman and that movie's insane <laughs> so uh yeah check it out uh my pick of the week is a song by cannons called bad dream I don't have a single clue how I even found this. I think I just, my playlist ran out, and I just started playing similar stuff. Then I played this song, and I fell in love with it. It is. It starts off with a very melodic, like feminine voice, and then it starts to like pick up the beat a little bit. And there's a thumping of the drum, but the music essentially transcends into this very soft, upbeat retro wave. Um, I guess kind of I get this sound is what it's going for, but then her voice over top of it, it is divine. So, uh, yeah, Cannon's bad dream. Oh yeah. 
Okay, uh, cool. Well, uh, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Pop, Hunting Pixels, and the Culture Pop family of content. Uh, Culture Pop is available on Instagram, Culture underscore Bop, and on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash C slash Culture Bop. Um, I am available on Twitter at the Bebopman182, on Instagram at Bebopman182, and on Twitch at the underscore Bebopman. Dylan is available on Twitter at OmDizzyTV, on Instagram at OmDizzy, on Twitch at OmDizzy, and on YouTube at OmDizzy. And lastly, we have the heathen himself, uh, Austin. He is available on Twitter at Big Papa Plays, Instagram at Big Papa Plays, Twitch at Big Papa Plays, and on TikTok at Big Papa Plays. Um, lastly, uh, if you're looking to support us and what we're doing here and uh, all of the stuff that we're undertaking as Culture Pop, then uh, consider tossing us a pledge at patreon.com slash culture Um We are... I am actually in the... Uh, I am in the throes of actively changing up uh, perks for tiers right now. Um... They are not complete, but I should have them completed relatively soon. Um, so, but that said, we're we're offering some very cool perks. We're going to have uh, some uh, added things coming. Um, just bunch bunch of stuff. So, uh, consider supporting us. And uh, yeah, um, I think that's it, right? That's cool. it. All right. Well. Uh, as that is the case, um, thank you for listening, and until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.